0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast, the show where we pull back the curtain on entrepreneurship and make you guys realize that it's not all as glamorous as it's made out to be or as it seems. I can see my guest Sam laughing because she knows that's true. Sam, so it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on the show. I am going to give our guests a little bit of a background on you. Sam is a lady who knows a thing or two about the hunger for the hustle. I have learned this through reading up about what she sent me before the show. After stumbling into the lash and beauty industry in 2015, Sam started building her business in the industry as a side hustle alongside her well-paid and secure government job. She very quickly fell in love with the beauty industry and within a few years managed to quit her job and grow her business to what it is today, which is a multiple six-figure business business. Just before we get started, Sam, well done on doing that. Love your hustle. Respect that. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank
1: you. Thanks. And thanks for having me. I'm so excited to join you. Mm.
0: It's my absolute pleasure to be joined by a fellow hustler and entrepreneur. (laughs) So tell us, Sam, you say that you kind of stumbled into it, um, almost accidentally ended up in in the Lash and Beauty industry. How did that come to be?
1: Yeah, so... I started doing lashes. Um, I had just had my youngest daughter, who's now six, and um, I split with my kid's dad. And so we had moved into this big house, like, about a year before we split. And so I had like a year and a half year old, I had this new baby, and I wanted to make sure I stayed in this house. I wanted that to be kind of the one solid for the kids. And so Mm -hmm. I was Basically just looking for something to do on the side as a form of income so that I wasn't relying on his income and I knew that I could afford everything on my own. And I was kind of toying with like serving, for example, was something I considered back then, but that would require me to leave the house and have a sitter or do it when they were gone or whatever. So when I say accidentally, it just was like something that happened to fit what I needed at the time because I could do it. I literally did it out of this room actually for the first three years. It's not my office here. But um, yeah, so I kind of just started it as a way to make money on the side, never thinking like I'm going to open a spa one day or I'm going to have a lash brand one day. Like that never crossed my mind when I first started. And -hmm. then I just fell in love. Like during the day at the time I was on mat leave, but my career job was literally telling people they owe the government money all day like crunching numbers and being like okay now you owe the government eighty thousand dollars um so going from that to you sit with a woman for two hours and you're kind of like her therapist and she's talking to you and you're friendly and then she opens her eyes and she's like oh my god i love this so much i feel so good thank you like it was like night and day from what i was used to and so the part i fell in love with was like helping other people feel good about themselves
0: yeah, I can, and I can imagine, and I don't want to get stuck in it because you moved on from it. But pretty soul destroying job there, just working for the government, telling people how much money they they owe <laughs> <had> the government. <laughs> right? But it was. I think it's important to to, to talk about this. It was a pretty well paid job, good benefits. It was pretty secure, uh, but you just knew within you that like it just wasn't making you happy anymore, wasn't fulfilling you, and that th- this was your calling to do to the whole beauty thing
1: Mm. i think like everybody thought i was crazy for even considering something on the side because especially in our town uh, it's a small town i got really lucky that i got that job right out of school um like i graduated in april and i was starting there by october so um they paid for me to get my accounting designation i mean i was so lucky in that job um and so it it did feel kind of wrong for a long time to even consider like I was fighting the feeling inside myself that I wanted something more because everybody was telling me like, no, you have this amazing job. Like you can take summers off. You have pension, you have benefits. Um, but once I had a taste of the other side, it, I just never, things were never the same again is the best way to explain no. it. I just always yeah. had that feeling that it, I wasn't where I was meant to be anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how many years had you done the, the other job before you moved into
1: um, So I started at the other job in 2010. So it was five years um, before I started lashing. But then I, I stayed there for another four years. Um, yeah. I really went part time as I was building the lash business.
0: Yeah. So you really took your time, didn't you? You really took your time to do it and made sure the time was right. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know there's a lot of people who would be perhaps watching this who think you know i'm just going to do it overnight i'm just going to quit my job without any kind of um real like nest egg financially and without any real decent plan and i think yes that can work for some people but i wouldn't recommend it what do you think about that
1: you know what it's i have a bit of a different perspective now that it's been a year because so much has happened that i didn't anticipate in a year so Mm. I mean, at the time I made the decision, I thought I was really well prepared. Um, but then like my daughter got sick a few months later, so I was an hour and a half away for a month in a hospital there with her and then COVID happened. so. All of that is to say, I don't know if there ever is a right time. Like you you can think you're so prepared. And then in retrospect, I'm like, well, maybe if I would have done it six months earlier, things would have been a bit more settled when I had to step away or I would have no. done an online course and had that ready for COVID or whatever. I mean, there's so many what ifs, but I do think you have to be careful about it. You don't want to add the stress of not being able to provide financially while you're trying to build this business. So I, I was very careful in that I gradually kind of reduce my hours there as things picked up in the business so that I could still function and still maintain living in this house and kind of the lifestyle I was living.
0: Yeah, I think it's important. You know, you, you said from the start that your goal was to be able to provide for for and stay in the house that you lived in and yeah. be able to afford doing that by yourself. You know, it, I think it's always good to be, keep that goal at mind and then relate your intention to that. So, so and no wonder, you know, you were nine years in the job there, no wonder a part of you felt like a little bit wrong, like a little bit almost naughty or guilty that it was like, can I, should I really do this? Is it okay? Like it's not what most people do, particularly coming from a small town where, um, look, I can't speak for that small town, but I'm just talking about small towns I've experienced in. A lot of people come out of school, get a job, and that's it. They do that for the rest of their life. and and there's nothing really outside of that you know that's how it goes
1: yeah it's very rare like especially in a small town there's no other lash companies the closest one would be like Mm. toronto area Um, people just don't if they're going to if they're going to make a move they move to a big city first and then make a move it's it's even more risky like i i could have kind of built this business 100,000 times easier in a big city, but that's not what I wanted. I wanted to raise my family here. So that kind of adds a new element to it when you know that there's a market way bigger in a different area, but I'm, I was trying to do it and stay here at the same time.
0: However, I guess that works in, in a good way because you're the only people, people don't have to travel to the big city to get their lashes done right and get their, sure. get their, their beauty needs taken care of. So you've got, you've got the market in that area.
1: Yeah, like for products, now that the lash industry is still fairly new, but as it's picking up and there's more techs, we're the only place in town or even within, like we have people driving an hour to pick up products for them to do lashes. So because they don't want to go on a website and order it and they can get in their car and come ask me questions because I'm still so Mm -hmm. hands-on, that has definitely worked to our advantage to have that kind of small town feel because we'll have people say like, Oh my gosh! I order from this company to try and get through to even ask them a question about their product is like a nightmare, and I can walk in mm-hmm. and I have to talk to the owner, and you're like, "Yeah, let's sit down and look at this glue or whatever it is that they have problems with so mm-hmm. that's definitely worked worked in our favor
0: That's a super good point, and it's a super like really good way of adding an extra income stream to your business, isn't it, and actually supporting okay. people because i i know i mean clearly I don't get my lashes done, but you know I know a little bit about the industry from from friends yeah. that do it. That, you know, there's a lot of people who, who do it for friends or who do it like, you know, starting like you do as in the earlier days as a side hustle. And of course, you know, they need to get the product from somewhere. So if you can be that, that offering to them, but also doubling up on that, you can give them the advice because that's what a lot of people need. And of course, it's okay ordering stuff online. But like you say, there's not always a lot of customer service on the back end that comes with that. So did that. And I'm going to get, come, come on to some like challenges here. I know it's a pretty rapid switch, but a lot of businesses are being challenged at the minute by by COVID. I imagine your business has as well. And, mm-hmm. and did, did like things like that? The product side of things are they helping you kind of carry through it?
1: Yeah. So it was very interesting for us because for part of my business is the product side of things. Part of it is um, a salon. Part of it's training. And so the training historically before COVID was all in person. So the training side of things and the spa, we were completely shut down March 16th until we didn't go back to doing lashes till the middle of July. So that, um, that income just literally stopped. Um, but having the product, so for example, we have a lash product that is to help eyelashes grow. So any of our lash clients that weren't getting their lashes done anymore, most of them bought our serum. So even though it's not them coming every two or three weeks, um, little stuff like that definitely helped carry us through. And then Mm -hmm. it really forced me to pivot. So because um, everything was online before, or sorry, everything was in person before, um, by May, I had filmed an online course. I launched a podcast Mm -hmm. in July. So being at home um, gave me the time to do that. But I also didn't have a choice because I'm sure everybody can relate that was in a similar position. You're just sitting there being like, what the hell can I do to, to <laughs> like keep this ship going in the right direction? Um, yeah. It was yeah. like, just had to do whatever works. And for me, I'd consider doing a lot of that, but I just had never found the time. So it, it forced me to, to do that. And then it's also led me kind of in a different direction. Now I'm still doing the other stuff, but I'm doing a lot more, kind of online coaching that started through the course that I offered and even like hands-on, someone just booked with me today. I'm going to drive an hour, sit with her in her spot, help her with a client, help her troubleshoot some wash issues she's having. So I've done, I'm starting to do a little bit more of that too, which is again, the side of it where you're helping people feel good. And in this case, helping other people grow their business. That's, I'm just in love with doing that side of it.
0: Yeah. And and do you think was that, you know, the podcast, the coaching um, was these things that you wanted to do anyway, pre COVID, and it just giving you the opportunity, the time the space to do them?
1: For sure. It was all stuff I had talked about before, but never kind of sat down. Like, for example, the online course at the beginning, as soon as COVID hit, I signed up with um, an academy to do a course on creating an online course It came with a portal right. that I could plug all my videos into. So that was like a weekend retreat that I did virtually. And then, bam, I could start doing that. The podcast, I took a course on how to start a podcast and then just hit the ground running. But I, mm. I just hadn't made the time to even look into, I would have had no idea how to start a podcast six months ago. Like, I, no idea. And now I'm recording them and I have an assistant editing them. Like, it's just, it's kind of crazy, the snowball effect once you start something.
0: It is, isn't it? Like, the power of the decision, like, make the decision. Have the yeah. idea and then just run with it. And before you know it, it's it's um it's grown into something that um, is giving up a, a lot of value to other people, you know, as well as as well as helping grow your your business. Because I know obviously you, you've kind of adjusted your focus now to helping other businesses and, you know, keeping their standards up and inspiring them to to get to do what you did right to to generate their own cash their own income so they don't have to rely on trading their time for someone else's money and and just like waking up every monday morning not looking forward to going to work um yeah you know that that feeling oh god i remember it
1: (laughs) i i feel like once you're out of it it's just i think back like every morning it was like oh do i really have to do this today
0: Mm, mm. and the thing is you don't write, you don't have to do it but if if you haven't got a better idea of what you do want to do, the only way of finding out I think is trying new things
1: right
0: like and, and trying a lot of new things, particularly if if you're young like you know in your twenties, I think that's the time you know even into your thirties if if you haven't particularly if you haven't got a lot of responsibilities, you know then just try new things, try new things. You never know what's going to stick. You know, for you, it was lashes. For me, it's been speaking and podcasts for you. Now it's now evolved into, into coaching. I'm looking at um, writing books and stuff like that as well. You just don't know until you try, but um, if you don't try, you'll never know. They're kind of like, it's a bit of a chicken and the egg thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think, exactly what you're saying is key about trying different things because i mean i know what i see in our industry is there's people that get in it strictly for the money because there is good money in lashes if you do it the right way Mm -hmm. they don't get into it because they love it they get into it because they want to make money and they never last like you're not going to last if you're trying to jump into something that you're not your heart's not really in it because people a can feel that and b you're just Mm -hmm. not going to have the passion to put into your business to grow it like it should be
0: yeah, totally agree with that people will feel it sooner rather than later, I think as well. And I think if you're if, if money is your main motivation, then, you know, as well as I do, Sam, there's not always it's not always like that. The bills aren't always paid. There's It's a bit of a roller coaster. And if money is your main motivation, when the times when the money's not flowing in so so greatly, yeah. you're going to kind of question why you're doing it. You know, you're going to become despondent in in what you're doing. And then ultimately, you know, where's that going to go for you? on the guitar
1: i think from my finance background too like from being an auditor i know that even from a government perspective they don't expect new businesses to make money for at least three years like when i first started my business any extra money i had was going in to sampling more products and getting higher inventory and all of that stuff so people think like they're going to jump right in and like oh my god i'm gonna be so rich it doesn't work like that like if you really want to grow your business you have to invest back into it and like i said like even from a government perspective, they typically wouldn't audit anyone right out the gate because they know you're not gonna be making money anyways.
0: Hmm. That's how the information to know, I think. And I guess, what would you say like the, having the qualification in uh, accountancy, you know, as like a, an add-on, how did that, was that a big help in, in running your own business? Cause I know that's where a lot of businesses can fall down. They're making the money, but they don't know how to handle it.
1: Yeah, I think, even just the startup of the business because like I have a bachelor's degree in business. So like I, for example, did my own incorporation. I, um, like did all my own registrations and stuff. So a lot of what people would have to hire a lawyer to go do, I knew that I could do it on my own. Um, so I was able to navigate the system kind of a lot easier to get things going quicker, but also a lot cheaper than, um, a lot of people end up doing for a startup. And I think just having more of a grasp on numbers and how things work, I don't do my own books, my mom's actually an accountant, she does them too, but I still do our payroll. Um, So it's allowed me to Mm -hmm. not have to hire out a lot of stuff that people um, a typically have to hire out or b try and do on their own and really screw up. And that's what I've seen from an audit perspective is like they're handing you a shoebox; they don't even know what's in it or what they claimed or like anything. <laughs> so um, that part of it, I really enjoy helping people with right now too. When I'm doing my coaching, a lot of what I'm mm. we're talking about is like taxes and insurance and um, pricing and and d- like the business side of things versus um, physically doing lashes.
0: Mm, mm, there's a whole lot to it, isn't there? And and I think particularly. In industries, I see it a lot and it could play out a little bit in the beauty industry, but particularly like creative industries, you know, the arts, like performing arts, writers, um, artists, you know, whether that be written, like performing drama or work, like the creative side is there, but then to monetize that and to deal with the the business end, you know, it could play out the same in beauty as well. Okay. You know, I've done the training. I've got a love for beauty. I know how I'm a, I'm a, like people's person because i guess you really have to be a people's person in in beauty or at least it's going to help you that ended us all sorted out but it's it's kind of like the other the business side of it can become a bit of a monster particularly if you're not um aware like experienced in that regard and become a bit overwhelming so i think it's great that you offer people the whole scope of it and not just Mm -hmm. um a little bit of it
1: yeah i think people What ends up happening is people just don't deal with it and then it can become this overwhelming stress by the time they do deal with it because they're forced to because they're getting audited or, or they need to uh, apply for a loan and they haven't done their taxes in four years or whatever it is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really important, um, even on my podcast, like we had an accountant on just to give little tips about how to easily keep your books and stuff like that stuff that people don't Mm. think about when they start their business. They just think, oh, I'm good at this, like, let's do this. But there is so much more behind it. Um, For our industry, social media is so big. And that's what I find a lot of people Mm. are missing is like, they might be doing amazing lash work, but like you look at their social media, they have no branding, they have no brand colors. They're like post once every three weeks. So that's like mm-hmm. a really big focus that I help people with. And it's something that even I need help with. Like I have someone doing a lot of our graphics, um, other people that go on Instagram and engage and stuff like that. But social media is so, so big. And it's like not even something I was taught in school because it wasn't, it wasn't big then. So I've taken a lot of courses i think mm-hmm. that's the key is just really constantly educating yourself like i still yeah. constantly i just took a copywriting course on the weekend like i'm constantly just doing new stuff to try and um, get more knowledge
0: yeah it's important right particularly as, as as you know social media you mentioned the platforms are always kind of changing evolving growing new things are being added and to keep up to speed with them you have to you know get this education do these courses or just employ someone else that knows Right. what they're doing or hire them, right? Because, yeah, I know that plays out, particularly in the, in the sports industry, in the beauty industry, social media just has such an impact. And, and particularly with, with beauty, like, because you see such a, in, in the physical, like, transformation before and after with things like lashes and eyebrows and PMU, it's a really good way of displaying that, particularly on platforms like Instagram. Um, won't just be really impactful because there's a really clear before and after and yeah. I think a lot of people just think okay I have to like put my prices on there and what i'm and what I and the services I offer but I think what a lot of people f- neglect is like the value of documenting what you do and the journey of what you do and and like instead of just going before and after maybe creating a longer tail video of of, you know, hey, this is today's client, this is what we're gonna do, this is what product we're using and and all that kind of backstory and then the end result. But people find a lot more value and authenticity in documenting than just showing the end results.
1: For sure. And I think um, with Instagram, for example, like the algorithm, it- all it cares about is people looking at your stuff longer, them staying on the app longer. So if they're just looking at a quick picture of lashes, they're probably not gonna do much. They're not gonna sit there and read the post. But if you're um, doing an educational post on maybe why you did that shape of lashes for that person's face or whatever it might look like, um, and they actually have to read and they're learning something at the same time, well then they're staying on there longer. So that's gonna be favored on the algorithm. It's gonna show it to more people. like I said, people can have like the most beautiful lash work, but if they're not kind of working it properly and, and posting other stuff that's captivating for their audience, it doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy just to get get lost and, and not find much in it, value in it. And just, it's another page and you just scroll through, particularly when there's just so much, so much content on there at so much scale. You really have to try and be in the difference in that space. Yeah. Now, I know you have a spa as well. Tell us a bit more about the spa, because I'll tell you what, the spa's been closed for a while. I tried to book into one the other week, and it was fully booked. Um, I I mean, I'm not going to fly all the way over there, frankly. I can't. (laughs) Um, I'm in need of a spa, so I'd like to just hear about one and remember what they look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so our spa kind of started as just lashes. Um, By the time we opened the spa, there was – two people, like two of us doing lashes out of this room. And then we also had an injector that came here for guest days to do like lip fillers and stuff. And so, um, basically I opened that because it outgrew my house. That's kind of where that move came from. And then it's been, we've been open June was two years. And so we've gradually kind of added other services. We have lots of different facial options. We have manicures, pedicures, spray tans, teeth whitening, um relaxation massage lashes obviously so um kind of like the whole the whole nine yards the idea is that um people come in for one service and then they're like oh wow like i can come here and make a day of this and get a bunch of different stuff done at once
0: yeah yeah that's great well that's it's what you want really isn't it like one place where everyone can get everything um yeah. and then it keeps them coming back as well of course exactly mm. now let's let's talk about some like some challenges you've had within business, because I always like to talk about them, perhaps even some failures as well, because just it, it highlights the the more difficult parts of people's stories in business. And I think that the lessons learned in them times are really valuable.
1: Yeah, so I think a few come to mind in the past year specifically, um, kind of when I quit my corporate job, the idea was that I was gonna quit and like dive into this and be at work like 24 um, seven to kind of really, really grow everything. And then it just hasn't kind of turned out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, Halloween last year, I, I quit my job. Um, and then the beginning of January, my daughter got sick. So we were at a sick kids hospital. And and so the, the good thing is I had the business like running enough that it functioned while I was gone. Um, oh. I wouldn't say there was, pretty much no growth because I was just trying to go through the motions, like doing payroll on my phone or like hooked into the hospital Wi-Fi on my laptop or whatever. Um, but that was definitely a challenge because I was kind of relying. Um, now I have one specific person that kind of acts as like an office manager that if that ever happened again, I know she's there five days a week at the, at the time we didn't really have set hours. Um, So it was challenging to figure out like who was doing orders and when they were going to get out. And if there was a customer complaint, like am I dealing with it from email or getting someone else? It just, I didn't have the proper controls in place. Mm -hmm. And that really highlighted it when I couldn't be there. So um, that time was definitely challenging. We functioned, we got through it. I was still paying the bills, but um, it really opened my eyes that I need to, get some more controls in place, uh, for if, if I couldn't be there. And so I did that and I shouldn't say I did it. I started that because COVID then happened. Um, Mm -hmm. so then you think, okay, like I've created this business. Wow. It functioned while I was gone for a month. Like amazing. Well, I never ever in my life thought I needed to create a business that functioned if we couldn't physically be open. Like that never crossed Mm -hmm. my mind. So no, then I, totally I was like shit like yeah. we didn't think of this and so not be really across
0: anyone's mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's been that was definitely another challenge like we talked about to pivot and it's also something I really try when I'm when I'm coaching now because another lockdown is potential for us. I'm like okay, so what are we going to sell for retail? What are you going to have to offer your clients if you can no longer do lashes? Let's start talking about, you know, I said we sold the serum. We also sold at home teeth whitening kits was another thing that sold fairly well for us, but like the tiny lash artist in her like living room wouldn't probably be thinking ahead like that. So I'm trying to help people at the moment, think ahead to, okay, if I have zero income, what else can I start offering? What does my ideal client, what are they going to want when they're sitting at home that I can Mm -hmm. give them? So that was definitely, um, definitely another challenge. Another one that's coming to mind is staff. So it's really easy when you're your own boss, but when you have to boss other people around, (laughs) that's something I wasn't really prepared for. And I'm better Mm -hmm. at just kind of doing what I have to do now, but I I was kind of a pushover for a long time. And it bit me in the ass big time uh, because Mm -hmm. I was just too lenient and too flexible and at my own expense, at the expense of the business. So that's another challenge that, um, I've kind of had to grow into the role of what it yeah. means, to be a boss and like the hard things that come with that, especially it's a group of women. Um, actually every single woman I work with is older than me. So um it's just that's that's definitely been a challenge as well.
0: Yeah, I can imagine right. And particularly if you're, you know, I've only just met you, but you seem like a nice kind person, it can be quite hard. And I know this from a personal perspective as well. because I'm quite a nice, kind person to to make that switch from being like, "Yep, yeah, this is me. This is me. Authentic. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. I'm a nice, friendly person." To being like, "Okay, look, I've got to, I've got to like be bit, bit of a, bit of a bitch about this now, but real at the same time. Like, this hasn't been done right. This is how it needs to be. Um, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's, it can be hard to put that hat on sometimes, can't it?" and it um, yeah. can be easy to be become a little bit um, of a pushover.
1: Yeah, and, and that's definitely, um, and especially oh. especially building the business and having another job where I wasn't there all the time. So like oh. I had staff working for me when I was sitting at a desk job and couldn't mm. answer my phone every five seconds and really relied mm. on on them. And then I think once I jumped all in and, Kind of was around more and kind of saw what was going on more and had to make some changes that that um it caused problems there's no
0: yeah
1: also having to separate like i've had to fire several people now and it's just like okay like i love them as a person or mm. like you know one girl i knew her family um i had gone to school oh with her brother and like knew um, they lived down the road from my church. Like, anyways, it it was just like, she was such a great person, um, but she just, she just wasn't a good employee. And so I really, mm-hmm. really struggled with that at the beginning. And now I've just like learned to, I just have to step out of my own self and be boss Sam when I'm doing that and just kind of separate them. Yeah. So yeah. Perfect, my perfect business, good. my my livelihood for my kids you know i have i look at it that way like i'm doing this because i need to provide for my family um and i need to do what works and that's that's just what it boils down to
0: Mm, mm, yeah and i can imagine that's like in a small town that's something that you're with only so many people to employ um in a bit of a niche industry it's something that you're going to make the challenge against but yeah it's like anything right You 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 go you have to go through it so you can grow through it and you come out you know it's like Um, the COVID stuff, um, you know, you had to deal with being away from the business because your daughter was unwell and I hope she's better now, by the way, I just want to say that, that, um, and you know, then there's, you know, all these challenges, all these things that you, but you don't, you don't quit. You keep on working, you keep on figuring it out and readjusting and yourself as you grow as a person and then your business grows too, because you learn to adapt through it.
1: Totally. And every new challenge, like, COVID's a perfect example. In a lot of ways, it was a blessing in disguise. And I hate saying that because I know it's been awful for so many people and people mm-hmm. have gotten sick and passed away and stuff. But mm-hmm. for my business, in a way, because it forced me to pivot, it forced me to get online, it forced me to pursue kind of this coaching thing and, and start the podcast. And um, in a way, like I said, it, it was a blessing. And I've learned so much even just to be better prepared if we if we close down again um yeah. it, it it definitely has has taught me a lot and opened my eyes to a lot of different things
0: yeah i totally feel what you're saying there it, it, it's a kind of bit of a tread on eggshells thing the way we have to word it but yes of course look got to take that time and due respect to a lot of people this has been a really terrible year you know like all due, like, love and blessings out there to anyone that's lost someone or, or who's been majorly ill from it. Uh, on, on the flip side to that, there is a flip side to everything. You know, it's been a great year to go within, to study things maybe that you wanted to study for years but just didn't have the time, yes. maybe to to start a new side hustle uh, or maybe just to spend some time working on yourself and develop yourself and figure some things out for yourself. I know, um, Pete, speaking from a personal perspective, it's been a big year for me in that. Um, just having that that time to be quiet and, and not have so many distractions from the outside in.
1: I think, yeah, it's, I think uh, so many of us were just going through the motions, and COVID has really forced everybody to feel more than we were feeling before. Like, for me, I'm someone that hides my feelings with busyness. If I'm stressed out, I just get busier, like, so I don't have to think about it. And so yep. – COVID really forced me to sit down and be like, what is working in my business? What is working in my life? Like, who are the people that are are going to be around and supporting me? I think um, for me, COVID either brought the worst or the best out in people and lots of different avenues of my life at work and in my personal kind of friendships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was kind of like a make or break. Um, and yeah, it, Definitely a lot of reflection on just different aspects of my life that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't sitting at home for however many months that was. I think my kids were at home with me for like literally six months before they went back to school. Like even once things opened up, I was only working a little bit because I had them home with me. So um, definitely a lot of time to think.
0: Mm. Mm, yeah and no, I can resonate with that I'm someone who, who when they get a little bit stressed out just kind of mask it with work and work and work and work yeah. but eventually you burn out in that don't you because you're not you're not actually feeding your your own needs you're just okay you're you're building the business needs well I certainly do anyway I can tell you and uh, there's been a couple of times this year I've come pretty close to burnout and uh yeah interesting
1: yeah. I used to get burnt out a lot like before, when I was working both jobs, like it was like a cyclical thing. I'd get myself back on my feet and then it would happen again. And so I, I, I've gotten a lot better at like reading those signs before they happen. But I definitely actually like two days ago, I hit a wall. I said to my mom a week ago, I'm like, it's coming. I have so much going on right now that I can't switch. I can't back away from I'm mm-hmm. like, it's going to happen. Sunday I woke mm-hmm. up and I was like, I felt like I got hit by a truck. I'm like, here it is. Like, So um, burnout is so real and it's something that we don't talk about enough um, because people are afraid to admit that they, like for me, I just took on too much. That's what it was. They took on too much and it just got to me. Um, But people don't want to talk about that. I'm really, really good normally at taking time to myself. I typically only book myself clients like a few days a week and then, I get to work from home at my own pace. The rest of the time is typically how I operate. But lately I've had some issues at work. I'm I'm there more, I'm doing clients more. And um, it just took away from that kind of peace time that I had at home and it just all kind of came boiling over. And yeah. that's a very real thing for everybody, I think.
0: Well, yeah, look, thanks for being just honest and transparent about that, because I think it, like you say, not a lot of people do talk about burnout. I think mm-hmm. it's very important Um and it can happen for a number of reasons. But usually I, I think from from the time I've had it, it's just when like the balance of, of work and life and which one you're giving too much attention to is just way off. And you have to come away, reset, readdress yeah. and get it right. Uh, and like mm-hmm. you said, you know, It's funny because the more it happens, you don't want it to happen, but then the more it happens, if you're being like listening to your intuition with it as it happens and you learn lessons from it, then the next time it happens, you can see it coming in a bit better. And like you said, you know, you knew it was coming this time. You said to your mom, look, it's coming again. You know, I know it's going to happen. So maybe I should, if I can, if you can, sometimes you can't, right? Pull back from a few things. It's kind of hard when you have stuff scheduled ahead for two or three weeks at a time.
1: Yeah. And that's what happens, especially in my industry. So like last week I felt it coming Friday night I literally looked at my schedule and cleared myself three days a week till the end of the year. I was like, I need to get my shit together here. I need to calm down. And then Saturday I was training a course all day, Saturday night, my kid was up all night and I was like, here it is. Like, so even though I kind of took those steps to slow down, when I could, it was too late. It was mm-hmm. like, I literally didn't get a bed till like 1230 on Sunday. Cause I was like, Wah. like, I just, it was crazy. Um, and you know what though? I took a day. I didn't really force myself to do anything. I let myself have that time. I woke up and did a bit like in the afternoon that was productive, went to bed early and just even giving myself that day and not feeling bad about it. Like now I'm, I can already feel myself coming around. Whereas before when I would get burnt out, it was like weeks. Like I would be down and out. Um, It's like being hungover. is the best way to explain it. Like, <laughs> that's how I feel when I, when I get to that point. But um yeah. yeah, I think it is really important to take the time for yourself, especially when you're growing a business and you're so focused on what the next thing is. It's, It's so important to take that time for yourself or you're not going to get there as fast as you want to. Like you're going to be way more productive if you're taking care of yourself at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more, Sam. And I think it's a good time to to ask, you know, of course, the hunger for the hustle is the title of this podcast. Hustle Mm to me means not seeing the circumstances that you want around you. So just going out there and creating your own. I'd love to know, like how you define hustle and how throughout you know, this roller coaster of a journey you've had from employee to entrepreneur. What's really driven your hunger for the hustle throughout?
1: It's a good question. I knew I, I looked at the question about asking about the definition and I I, mm. I couldn't come up with a definition per se. What kept kind of playing in my w- mind, was just different words that I associate with it. So like mm. um, determination is one that that kind of came up and, and never giving up, I think, as business owners no matter what you're in, you're going to run into roadblocks. You're going to think that you have everything so planned out and then something's going to come and like drive over your face that you weren't expecting. So I think it's really just about being able to pivot and just being like, okay, we just have to find a new way to do this. Like, okay, this is going to slow us down, but we're still going to move full steam ahead. We just have to find another way or work a bit harder or, or whatever that is. I think for me, Part of my personality is I'm just never happy with the status quo. Like even once I reach a goal, I'm like, Hey, what's the next one? I'm going to like be happy about it. But like, I'm always, always thinking about the next thing. It's just my personality. And I think that that is kind of my hunger for hustle that I'm just always, always like, what, what can I do next?
0: Mm. I think that's a great answer. You, you said you, you, could, you didn't have the definition, but really then you then defined it yourself yeah, in, yeah. in the way that you operate and who you are, right? You know, it's just a constant um, persistence and determination and mental resilience to, to not quit and to never give up. And then to, yeah, I'm the same as that, you know, just set a goal. Okay, it's great. I do a lot of like you know, visualizing things as well before they happen. So then when they do happen I'm like yes that's fantastic it's amazing but it's not like mind-blowing for me because I already knew it was going to happen I didn't visualize it I'd visualize it so many times I've been working towards it for so sometimes a long time sometimes it's really quick but then it's like yeah what's next what's what's, what's yeah. happening next you yeah. know yeah it just keeps yeah that is that is the hunger for the hustle sound exactly you, <laughs> you go it. <laughs> um, now I think you know and this is a good question to ask. What if you if you had to start I reckon I, reckon I know what you're gonna say and we'll go through it afterwards, but if you had to start again tomorrow with your with your business, let's just say, you know, for some reason you did you you wind back to them years and you started all again. Is there anything that you would do specifically differently?
1: Yeah, and I don't think you would guess what I'm gonna say, because I actually had this one thought out. It's a very actually it's a very easy answer for me. Mm-hmm. I would not start a product brand and a spa at the same time.
0: Okay, yeah. no, that's
1: not what I'm going to say. Yeah, I was like, there's no way he would know that. Um, yeah. I would still do both, but I would have done one separately from the other because I did them both at the same time. I think they both have grown slower than they could. Like, obviously, we've had lots of growth. We're doing well. But um, in mm-hmm. retrospect, I wish I would have just done one or the other and then kind of got whatever side of that part of that business stable and then jumped on to the other thing, because mm. I just was having to juggle so much while working at the same time. Um, I would have just focused on one thing in retrospect. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not, not spreading like the focus too thin because I've done that before. Like it, it's great as an entrepreneur to be, to you obviously feed that hunger for the hustle and just keep busy and keep things going, but not at the peril of what you're already working on, what you've already right. built spread spread the focus too thin nothing quite gets all the energy it needs of course it does get there because you determine for it to but it actually becomes a lot more stressful i find doing it doing it that way like doing all, yeah. all the things at once i've got a mad analogy and stick with me on this so it's like you've had a few drinks it's friday night um, you get pretty hungry you go to the fridge you decide you want to make a sandwich but there's only enough like butter left really one piece of bread so do you like make one really okay half good sandwich or or do you just like make a a whole like one one whole sandwich that's half good or one or just make a half sandwich that's really good and like that's what it's like when you've got too many projects going on you just try and spread yourself too thin nothing quite gets the full focus and yeah it can just lead to um, a lot just a bit more stressful life which that's the last thing you need more stress when you're when you're a business owner and operator.
1: Well, and like, if you are gonna do something, you might as well do it right. So um, for me, what ended up happening is I really focused on the brand and the spa side of things, even though they were running, I wasn't so involved in that. Um, And so A, there was things I was missing seeing because I also was working another job and even once I quit that job, Mm. but B, My staff also didn't feel like I was as invested in that side of things. And Mm. in retrospect, and I feel bad about that now, um, in my head, they're like, they were just doing okay and operating, like things were just functioning. That, that was my goal at that point while I got the brand up and running. But, um, I kind of focused on the brand and let that side grow because, To be honest, there's more money in that side of it and the product side of it. And then once I was kind of in a good place, then then I've gone back to the spa. And now I'm focusing on growing that and hiring more staff and stuff. But um, I've had to pick one or the other, which which sucks. So it just is what it is. But in I would have done probably the brand first and kept doing lashes out of my house and then done the spa to do it all over again.
0: Mm -hmm. It's good to look back in retrospective, isn't it? um... The other side of it is, right, look at all the things you've learned through doing it that way. Sure. And perhaps the, the amount of things you wouldn't have learned um, yeah. and, will, and will equip you for many, maybe other avenues of business you're going to go forward, which I suspect um, the amount that you've done so far, you might have some other ideas in the workings anyway. I do. <laughs> um, what are your goals, dreams, and aspirations for the future of your businesses?
1: I think for me my biggest thing is to take things just to another level. So right now we're kind of operating out of one location. I would love to have kind of like a US location, like different locations all over and then different training um locations all over as well, rather than just the one that we're doing. So that's kind of the end goal is to take it to be this global brand. Um mm-hmm and and for the spa side of things it would just be to grow that as well but my goal on that side of things is to be able to step back from it so I am the owner I am choosing what products are used and involved in kind of the hiring and then I have a spa manager that deals with kind of all of the the day-to-day and payroll and all that stuff like I don't want to be doing payroll five years from now for the spa (laughs) um So, yeah, my goal is to still grow the spa, but be able to step back from it and then build a brand um, and have more people involved in that side of things, like the product development side of it, for example, and have a marketing team and all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Become more of an owner and less of an operator. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, one thing I hate doing is my bookkeeping. It's just my accountant. If he's watching, he might be watching this later. Sometimes he watches them. He's just constantly on at me like, Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? Have you done it yet? And I just, he oh, gets so far behind. I haven't got a shoebox though. Like, I haven't got to that point. Okay. I've got like, the shoebox. So I'm not getting too bad, but. it's 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 the biggest pain in the ass for me
1: it's really funny because as an accountant i'm like or as an auditor i was really good at telling other people what to do and i'm really good at coaching people what to do but i don't i'm not always good at following my own advice so like i said my mom does my books and she's like hey there's seven receipts that i'm still waiting for like where are they (laughs) um so I'm really thankful, actually, that I that I have her to do it. Um, mm. I hired somebody for a bit that just didn't work out, and then my mom offered to do it, so that's kind of working out great. But um, it is really easy to let it get away from you.
0: It is, and it's something. But if you keep on top of it, it's it becomes a lot less of a, a beast.
1: Yeah. And you can also automate so much of it now. Like we have QuickBooks and it literally brings in, it's attached to my bank accounts, to my credit cards, to our POS system. So it's really just like the physical copies of invoices Hmm. um, and doing kind of like the payroll that, that you have to keep on top of when it's all automated. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but it can be when you're have a bunch of different expenses and you got people running to go grab this and that and all that stuff. So
0: yeah, absolutely. I use zero, but yeah, it works in exactly the same, same way. It's just all links up. So it's good. Nice and easy. Now tell me, like, let's go into a bit about the coaching business. Are you, are you looking to take on new clients to coach at the moment?
1: Yeah, I have some openings right now and I'm, I'm mainly coaching people kind of in the lash and beauty industry, but of course open to kind of any business coaching, if I was the right fit for somebody, if they kind of heard me and resonated with my story. Um, Yeah, that side of it, like I said, I really have fallen in love with. um, I love when people learn from my mistakes. And I know that probably sounds really weird, but I love being able to say to them, like, I really messed this up. Like, here's my story. Like, don't do it this way. Yeah, do Um, not do it. (laughs) Yeah, I love that side of it. I know that sounds weird, but even with lashes, I'm like, check out this girl. She had a crazy reaction because I did something I shouldn't have. Like, please don't ever do this or your clients are going to look like this. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I just love being able to share that side of it. And then, I mean, the other part for me is a lot of the people that I coach are kind of in my, the position I was in where they're just doing it, their feet, like they just have their feet wet and they know that they want to go big with it. They're just not sure how to get there or what, what the next step is. And so I, I love people like helping people figure out what direction they're going to take.
0: Yeah. I like that. And um, so if people kind of want to get in touch with the coaching, I'm going to drop your links in, uh, in the comments anyway, but in in regards to the coaching, what's the best way to kind of contact you about that?
1: Um either my my website or my Instagram. So my Instagram is I am Sam Clancy and then my website is just samclancy.com for the coaching. Easy.
0: I like the way I like the way you got the domain of your own name. That's not always an easy thing to do.
1: Yeah. And I offer like free mini um sessions, so like a fifteen minute call just to like talk about yourself and your business and see if we're a good fit before you have to like commit to anything. Um, mm-hmm. it's really, really good just to like meet people. You get sometimes you get a good vibe real quick. Other times it's like, no problem. You just don't vibe with people. And like, I, I think it's so important. Um, I have a business coach in the UK actually. And like Mm. from the second I started talking to her, I was like, this is my girl. And I've had talks with other people and it's like, "Mm, just not for me, nothing wrong with that person, but you really have to like connect if you're going to be working together.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that's an important point to raise. You know, take your time. You know, perhaps you're not going to gel with the first person. It doesn't mean it's not going to work out. Just yeah. give it a bit more time. Try and find someone else. Um, there's multiple reasons why it might not work out for for both of you. You know, from a coach perspective to someone who wants to be coached. Um, yeah. It's probably a bit, a bit better word for what that would be—a mentor. Maybe I'm not sure, but yeah, I'm sure you get what I'm trying to say, guys. Um, that take it, you know, take a bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> A student, maybe that would be better. Yeah. Um, And then, right, as we come to the end of um, the show, Sam, and thanks so much for giving me your time and energy today. I've had a really good chat with you, and I've learned a lot, actually, myself in in the things you've said. Um, Before we close out, can you give... Three hot tips to anyone that's watching that has enjoyed your journey and it's perhaps got them thinking, you know, can I do this? Can I go from employee to entrepreneur and how on earth would I get started?
1: Three tips. I think the number one uh, we just talked about, this is actually having a business coach. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't hire a business coach till this year. I didn't really know a whole lot about it until I joined um, Boss Babe. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Boss Babe Society. Anyways, it's kind of a network for female entrepreneurs and started just hearing a lot about business coaches and how people are just like kind of finding their way. And so that is probably the the best investment I've ever made for my business and myself Um, because it's someone from an outside perspective. I had people that I was bouncing off ideas, my partner, my parents, like employees, but when they're so in it with you it's very hard for that to look from up here and so mm-hmm. i think having a business coach whether that's kind of a regular thing or just a session here and there um has made such a big difference for me especially in the last six months and and figuring out what i'm going to do after covid happened and all that stuff so that would be my number one is is getting a business coach yeah um, delegation is another one that i think is really really important and I wasn't very good at that at first. I was like trying to save every single dollar I could by doing everything myself. And then I realized like, I'm doing stuff that I don't like doing that is taking away from stuff I could be doing. Like I'm sitting here making graphics that take me 47 minutes to do one picture and my VA, it takes her 12 seconds. Um, (laughs) So it's like, um, I forget who I was in some sort of course and they were like, do what you're good at, do what you like to do and delegate the rest. And that has been um, a big, big game changer for me too, because it's given me the time to focus on what is, what's going to grow my business versus some of the kind of daily tasks that I just don't need to be doing. Um, and there's lots of different, like you can get an assistant, for example, at 10 hours a week, it doesn't have to be 40 hours a week, or you could, um, hire someone that is just going to come in two hours a week and do something for you. Um, just having someone that's good at stuff that you are not, because they're also going to be better at it. So you're you're not going to have to do it and they're going to do it better than you. So, um, yeah, that's a really big one is delegation The third one I think is just mapping out a plan. I think it's really easy to have an end goal and then feel overwhelmed because you're like, okay, I'm just doing lashes in my room right now. And I want to be an international lash speaker or whatever it is, depending on the industry. Right. But it's like, you can say that all you want if you don't sit here and map out, okay, well what is the next thing I need to do to get me closer to the end goal? You're not going to start moving forward. And then you just get, overwhelmed it's not happening well it's not happening because you're not moving towards it so i think just kind of mapping out what you need to do to get to where you want to go is really really important too
0: yeah yeah no i love them so get some coaching delegate the jobs out and map it out great tip and i think that's a great way to wrap up i've put all your links in the comments there guys if you want to get in touch with sam or perhaps get some coaching from her you'll know where to find them. Sam, thanks so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed
1: having a chat with you. Yeah, that was lovely. Thank you.
0: My absolute pleasure. Take care, guys.